Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening and welcome to the Rangers Rabble Academy exclusive interview with James Maxwell. How's it going, mate? I'm good, mate. How are you? I all good. I've obviously gave you the pep talk before we started there, so don't get yourself into any trouble or me, because we'll probably both get shot. So <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Uh, right, we'll start off. How did you actually end up signing for Rangers? Um, so I'd been at. I was obviously at Air when I was about. Uh, Nine, I'd say, to about 14, 15 when we moved for uh, for my dad's job, basically. And then I had to find had to find a club when I moved here. And it was Fourth Valley, which was part of, like, Falkirk, Stennis, New York, and another team. But, um, I went in there for about eight weeks. And it was, I don't know, right, but, you know, it's like going on trial and stuff like that. It's no, it's no ideal, especially at like, moving house and all that. I found, it, I found it quite tough when I was at 15. Um, so by the skin of my teeth, really, uh, I managed to get a year there where basically they said, let's end the contract, meeting all that. Uh, we, we're going to give you a year, but you're going to need to do a lot to get like, another year. Basically, saying, like, there's a lot of chewing in the fact it wasn't really my best, but luckily, luckily, they gave us a year. And for them, when I signed, I'd done really well. Um, so I spent a couple of years at Falkirk. Then obviously Christmas time that year, it was maybe 2017, they've, they shut down their academy they, uh, to put money into the first team, which, which went really well. So, uh, so that was, that was I was then like a free agent for, for the next six months or whatever, but luckily in uh, Rangers, and I think maybe a couple of weeks after that in January, had offered us a trial. Um, I went in there for a couple of weeks. Um, then I also went down to Brighton for a couple of weeks just to sort of get a few of uh, uh, the different places. Um, I really enjoyed my time at Brighton as well, but I just I was at like 16 moving away from home and all that wasn't really what I was wanting to do. So I came back to Rangers for a week or two and then I didn't actually 
I wasn't actually offered a professional contract until because I think maybe because of the timing and stuff like that, and I think it was February, so I, I was just on like a sort of like a youth contract until May that year, where I was just like sort of in and out of the. I think it was maybe the 17s at the time. Yeah. Um, basically, just try to earn myself a deal over a, a longer period of time. Uh, I think in May of that year, I got a two year, uh, I think it was a two year, my first contract, which I was really happy with because I thought I'd, I'd done well. Like I'd shown in spells what I could do, but I, in terms of the level that I'm at now, it was miles off. Yeah, I actually remember you playing a few of those games, and obviously. That was like a ridiculously strong 17 slash as it changed the next year, I think it was, to the 18s. Yeah. So anybody that came in in trial had to be pretty good. So I think when you got your two-year deal, there was that kind of eye-opener to think, you know, James obviously must have something. Because we were obviously only seeing you for very yeah. small periods. I mean, obviously you were in training, you were obviously impressing the coaches. But yeah, I mean, they first kind of cut the games, it was kind of, you know, who is this guy? Can we find out who he is? Where's he come from? Yeah. And then we obviously managed to find out and obviously the end's history because you managed to get a two-year deal at the end of it. I, I, can, I can imagine because uh, I used to, like, 17s when I used to play at 4-5 and stuff, I used to wear the stupid like, low socks and all that. I used to think I was <laughs> Jack Grealish. Uh, and I just wasn't that presentable in terms of the way I, the way I looked at my pitch and all that. Um, but I, uh, over the over the uh, over that course, I think I probably learned what it was like to be a Rangers player and how how I needed to sort of present myself and how I needed to uh, walk off the pitch. Yeah, I mean that kind of comes to the next question. Obviously, next to that, you obviously went on to win the league and cup double, and you were obviously quite a regular kind of starter in that team at that point as well. How did that feel to really like sort of cement your place in that team? And to win the league and cup double. Yeah, well, before I'd even came at Rangers, I took a good few thumpings off that off the team that I played in, uh, eight twos and everything, just the usual. And uh, so I knew already that it was hard to break in. But uh, over pre-season, I think it was maybe a, a couple of injuries to the, the boys who'd been playing left back, and uh, that was basically. I was just like, I think it was Morton when I was playing in a friendly, and they were just like, just go and play there for and see how you do. And I, I think I'd done pretty well. And that sort of that was my pathway into that, that team because at the time it was from Clovis, Josh, Daphne, Kai, <laughs> Matty, maybe or something, or yeah, Matty, someone else. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm forgetting. So, like, which chance you got? You know what I mean? Like, those boys were our top, our top. So, that, that was my pathway into that 18s team. was was playing at left back and that coincided with us being very, very good that year. Um we'd only maybe dropped maybe six points maybe over that league. Um and we won that, which we played some really good stuff at times. And uh, the cup final, even the cup run was really good, but the final was the uh, cherry on top of the cake. It was also a very good game and uh, they played a part. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that team at times was pretty scary, to be honest. You know, you were playing against some of the other teams that were perceived to be good in the 18s, but you would like, take like five and six and seven goals off them. And it felt at times that it wasn't even that difficult. I don't want to be disrespectful, but it didn't seem no, at no. times because guys like Josh and Dapple were just 
like sort of tearing defences apart, and then you guys like sort of Dixie in the middle of the park, you Kyle in there, obviously Nathan and yourself pushing forward for fullback. I mean, there was just so much quality in that team, and obviously a lot of the guys that are out and loan now are part of that team, and yep. many of them are now playing regular football at a very good level, which is you know it shows you the quality of that team, and it's I think that's probably one of the strongest Ranger squads that I've seen at any of the age groups. They were just just too good for everybody, to be perfectly honest. It's, it's no surprise to see all like, the, the boys that are, this is probably like, the best sort of crop of players that went out and won in one year and done well. It's, yeah. like, had the easiest job in, in football in that 18s. I'd just get the ball and pass it to Kyle Josh and just run around <laughs> them. And they would go and take it past four. You know what I mean, it's, it, was, it was easy stuff for them. Yeah, even that day, even just to finish off, I mean, like uh, that day at the Orium, I think, I think we took the lead, didn't we? And then yeah. the hearts equalised. Yeah. And then I think we went 2-1 up. And then I think Kai scored. Was I, it, kick, uh, like mm-hmm. top bin finish. Yeah. And I think that summed up the season. It was like uh, individual moments of brilliance for Tyler Josh or Kai or Dapo. And like Matty's goal scoring rate was like, Ridiculous. <laughs> Me, Matty was out of like more than a goal a game. Honestly, I, I know he's a smart man, he's doing well, but he's the best, like, in terms of pure striking in our football, he's probably the best I've seen. Yeah, like, in terms of like natural striking ability, ah. he was ridiculous. I mean, I think we were all surprised that day when he did leave, obviously, but he, he gets so much natural ability to score goals. And hopefully, now down at Stranraer, he's going to, you know, score a lot of goals. and. Yeah, you know, sort of progress his career further and further over the coming years. Right, moving on. Obviously, because you won the league, we ended up playing in the UEFA Youth League. What was that like? Kind of playing against like young boys. I think it was Slovan Bratislava, and then eventually Atletico Madrid. Uh, yeah. So you obviously, like, when players talk about like different teams are playing like Champions League football and all that. Like, I know it's obviously different youth leagues. A mini version of it, but you had a different feeling playing young boys. Young boys away was different to your Aberdeen away. Aberdeen just started running all, but you still had that different feeling when you were playing the games. And obviously, there was more, you had like spectators and that there, which wasn't you know, common. You know, you maybe had a hundred maybe at every league game, but I think it was the Champions League games at Park Hill was over near a thousand. So you always you got that different energy when you're playing in those games. I think uh, you've probably seen that the young boys game home and away was you know back and forward and I think they were they were very good. Um, yeah. I think you've seen probably the best of us in that competition. Whereas sometimes in the week you get like a few slack performances and stuff where you're, you know you're going to win, but you know you you don't have to turn up fully to win. Whereas we knew we had to be 100% because we're playing the top teams for all over Europe. Yeah, how difficult was that Atletico game? I mean, it looked horrific up in the stands. I mean, they looked like they were just incredible that day. I know one of the boys, I think, was in loan at Bournemouth last season. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that was the guy that was one-on-one with Nathan Patterson most of the game. But, I mean, they looked exceptional. Just how good were they? Uh, well, we've seen the video of them the week before. And before, I know, they looked decent. We might have the number, but nah, they were they were different different level. Uh, we played young boys in Bratislava who were you know, decent. You know, young boys were very good. Bratislava were decent. They were tough. I mean, the athletic boy Raquel me at bottom, but it was just 
different, different level to what we had all experienced, and obviously it's stood nothing uh, good stead. Yeah, but it's funny because obviously we obviously travelled to Bratislava to obviously watch you guys play, and I think you broke your nose, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> and I was obviously remember. I don't look the best at the best of times, and having <laughs> having a big strapped up nose doesn't help. Because remember, us, I was doing like some of the tweets, putting them out, saying, "Oh, uh, James has had to come off. He's had a slight injury." I think like your dad's messaging saying, "Is it bad?" And I said, "No, it's just a broken nose." <laughs> I know. But you were fine. Yeah. I mean, you obviously come back on and you finished the game. But I mean, was that quite an impressive night that you went to Bratislava and beat what was a reasonably good team? Yeah, well, I think at Far Hill in the first leg, we should have uh, probably put more passion in terms of. Goals because they had done number a wee bit, yeah. But then only 2 0, and they, they scored the first goal. I think like we went there, and it was like uh, the tunnel was like a, a war tunnel, you know, it was just like a mild stadium under it, you know, it was a proper sort of Eastern European stadium, um, and atmosphere in terms of they were right in the faces and all that. So it was a different, that was a different kind of challenge to the ones we faced at Young Boys in Bratislava, but. I think that probably showed the quality of our team and sort of the mental side of, uh, of going there and I think we won to one in the end. Yeah, that's right. Just moving on then slightly to your career with Scotland. I know speaking to your dad a few times, it was obviously the dream to get the like the Scotland call. What was it like when you got the call up to the under nineteens at that point for Scotland? Yeah, uh, I I feel like I mean it was something that me and my family had sort of you know, thought about it all. Over ever since I started, really, it's been we felt like I'd sort of been overlooked because I was playing with yeah. here and both Valley and stuff like that. So it was more, it was more my dad that was probably a wee bit more, uh, had his head on on that sort of achievement. Um, but obviously, Rangers would get better exposure, and we felt like it was probably a long time coming that I got a call up, but you don't, you don't take it for granted. It was probably the most I'd say that, that night. Played Germany was probably the most proud I've came off a pitch. Right. Playing this common beating Germany and the 19s, that was that was one of the moments he came off pitch like that. Like wow, because I, I feel like that's been building up for ten years, fifteen years that I've been playing football. Yeah, I suppose that's the only problem. Isn't it? like Scotland obviously kind of skips almost for the 19s to the 21s, so there's that kind of little gap in between. Is that like a step that you would love to take next to try and get? A game for the Scotland under twenty ones is that like your next kind of step in, you know, the Scotland ladder? Well, it's obviously the next step in the Scotland ladder, but it's not. It's not something that really like massively in my head right. in terms of I need to get in the Scotland twenty ones. That should automatically sort of take care of itself if I'm doing my work. Whoever I'm at, whoever I'm playing with, if I'm doing my work, then I should always be in with the intention of being in that squad. And if I'm then great, you know, happy to be in it. If not, then Nothing will come again. No, I mean, that's the right attitude to have because I think, as you see over the years, not necessarily everybody plays at every level for Scotland, but they can still go on to be a Scotland international. No. So, you know, it is near the be all and end all. Um, moving forward, then, to when you kind of stepped away from the 18s and kind of took that next step up, playing in the Challenge Cup, what was that like playing against some of the Scottish lower league teams and then teams for Northern Ireland and then teams for England and then a team for Wales? Uh, well, I think it would have been something that the, the sort of club had always looked at as if they hadn't really done well in. I think the previous teams hadn't done well in the Challenge Cup and they always thought they could have done better. Like to 
things like that were moving a lot and it could have done better. Um, so we really focused on that. Um, that competition, it was very tough first game. And if and if we didn't realise like how tough that men's football would be and playing against the teams, and that was a a right good lesson because I think we only scraped through two one. And they were, I think they're in the fifth tier. So yeah, it was a horrible, horrible game. Uh, but I think that probably stood us in good stead for the, the rest of the competition when we had to go to earlier. That was the the land of the giants down there that they, they put up against us wee boys. Yeah, I think it was quite a strange run. I think it was was it Berry, then we went to Strenra. No, yeah, Strenra. Strenra was tough as well. And then we ended up over in Northern Ireland. Was it Northern Ireland first and then we went to England? Well, I mean, yep. it was, I think about it actually every game was just, uh, it wasn't really like a, a performance you'd probably expect for a Rangers team. It was probably more a battle performance than any quality in the pitch. Well, I mean, it was just a, a dog fight for 90 minutes. Um, yeah. it was, I think it was Soil after that yeah. opening. Uh, and that was just a long throw central for them and the, yeah, fair play it worked them because I think they were 3-1 up but they were just they obviously played the fact that we were all all young boys and they just batted uh, long balls it wasn't really much we could do you know it was, no. uh, uh, I think we, we, three each was it in that game three we came each. back yeah. yeah I think we I think they tired quite a bit because we, when, when we had the ball we kept it quite well but we just as soon as it went up there we didn't really have a chance no, no, it was tough to watch. I remember sitting in the stand, just watching as they come out, and then I looked at the size of our players and thought, right, this could be quite a long 90 minutes. But to be fair, I mean, I think the one thing that that night showed was that there was a lot of character in that team. Because even when that ball kept coming in and coming in and coming in, you know, the players just kept going for it. They kept trying to win every header. They kept trying to put in every challenge that they could. And I think even just going back to, like, the Balamina game, I mean, that was quite a... You know, a physical contest that night. So I think we skipped through 1 0, didn't we? And I think there was a wee bit of kind of argy bargy um, sort of towards the end of the game. But yeah, again, that kind of showed like the camaraderie in that squad. Yeah, and I think was... that, you know, kind of moving forward. And we saw that in Solihill because I think we were, was it 3 1 we were down at one point, I think? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Gresta scored a couple that night. Yeah. And that obviously helped us. And then like the penalty shootout was just crazy. Yeah. Because I think everybody just, like looked at the size of our goalkeeper and guess what? As long as he, <laughs> as long as he hit it like kind of high enough into the net, yeah. But he made a couple of incredible saves. Yeah, and I then, think that was um, I, that was a characteristic of that that yeah. squad was um, was it wasn't we weren't mentally all there in terms of there was a wee screw so all over the park really. Um, so even if you know if people were on each other. Uh, even if when we were 17 and that, if you made a mistake, well, people were on you. Yeah. So I think that probably helped them playing against men that when we needed to dig in or whatever, people weren't scared to dig each other out and, and fight for each other, which is a good characteristic. More so probably a few of the other boys than myself. But um, I was, uh, that cup run was was, uh, was very good. At I think I topped it off with, with Wrexham. Wrexham at Ibrox was good. We, I think we had 5,000 maybe. Uh, and I think they put out quite a decent side and uh, to to know wasn't we turned them over and uh, it was, we played we played some good stuff throughout that run. 
Yeah, but I actually thought our best performance was the game against Inverness. I thought we actually yeah. played some great football that day. I know you ended up going on the bench. Yeah. Um, after after me going up with your dad to Inverness and, and <laughs> the bar. Um, that would never be a good try though. Uh, no, I'll, I'll not put the words out that your dad's no, no. <laughs> um, But look, it was great. I thought, I thought the fact we got to the semi-final showed how much quality that team had. I thought the fact we went to Inverness and took the lead showed the quality we had. And potentially on another night, we could have been through. You know, mm. and Inverness put out a pretty strong team. Yeah. And I think, you know, the words of John Robertson after the match was very complimentary about all the players, about how we try to play. Uh, Dapple was outstanding that night. Like he used his physicality against their big centre backs. Kai was, was was you know his usual dancing feet. I mean, like they just couldn't yeah. close to him. And then that was the sort of game like we enjoyed that physical element because we had to do it against Solihull and Ballymena. So like it showed that we were always up for the battle. And I thought that probably made quite a lot of the younger players that season because they realised, yeah, look, we can play at this level. We can stand up to these guys. We're good enough technically to stand up to them and we can do it physically now as well. And I thought that was a really big thing out of that campaign. Definitely, I think the thing we came away with after that cup run was that we'd probably would be up there challenging for, uh, for the championship if it was on the ball. Yeah. Uh, see, off the ball, like, we had to improve in terms of we'd, we'd be fighting relegation if we are on the championship off the ball because like, I think that, that game probably highlighted the the deficiencies in the squad, but also how the yeah. quality that we What did you make of the best versus best when the club started talking about that? Was that like something exciting for the players or was it not until you really played in them that you really seen the quality of opposition? I think at the time we were a wee bit, because we'd seen, I wasn't, I was in and out, uh, like on the bench for the rest and stuff when I was in 17, so I'd seen the games against the Scottish teams and they were like, they were decent, but you never really, they didn't really excite you. Um, but they they done a job for that, for that year. But I think when it was the best yes, it was depending on who and who we were playing yeah. and you know sort of the level of competition that you know if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, we may as well do it properly. And I think the highlights uh, of that sort of best be best strategy was obviously Ajax. Um, was a big one, even though it was the hot, hottest day in the world and it was when they run a bit from like more than five minutes. But that was uh that was probably the, the best moment in terms of seeing how good they were, but we can still produce something against them. Yeah, I think uh, you know, yeah. I don't know I don't know if you if you were at this game, but it was Norseland over in Denmark. No, I don't think we were at that one though. No. They've got like the the right to dream academy and right. oh my, those boys were like athletical. Those were different, like something that we've not seen before. Yeah, and that like, that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to expose you. To, yeah, you know players that you're not going to see in Scotland or the level because we're used to Rangers. You know, probably going to be the, the top two or three teams, if not the best, in the league. So most of the time they're, they're doing the same stuff. You're dominating the ball, like you know, just playing. Playing the way you would against anyone, but against Norseland and Ajax and I can't remember it escapes me some of the other teams, but the top team you need to play differently. You don't get like you don't get the time of the ball. So I think that that helped us in terms of understanding that I were good, but there's, there's some very good players at this time. 
No, I, mean, I think that's a, like, a great like sort of build up to everything that's like now taking you to Queen of the South. How did that move come about? Were they the only team that was interested at that point, or was that the, like the level that you wanted to go to? Well, I'd, I'd sort of had in mind that I'd ended the season, and I thought that I would I kind of set myself up if I can get a championship. Right. Obviously, my first season as a defender, I think, will somebody be willing to sort of not take a risk in terms of bringing on an 18 year old defender? So I was setting my level at that, and I thought that I was maybe going to go to air because I'd worked with Mark Kerr before the Falkirk. And I knew him and I knew Mick, who, who was the assistant manager at the time. So I actually thought I was going to go there, but that ended up not happening. Um, then I was kind of, I was kind of left in a wee bit of limbo. I had, I'd heard a few stuff and I'd ended up basically with either Falkirk and E1 so, or Queen of the South. And it was, it was kind of 50 50 in terms of we're going to Falkirk to play like. Play, you know, you'd expect them to be up the top of the league, playing attacking football, probably what, closer to what I was used to at Rangers, being for a league and stuff. But it's a level below Queen and South, who, if you looked at their previous seasons, had finished like eight, nine, you know, eight towards the, the bottom of the division. Yeah. You'd think maybe that's not going to be the prettiest. But uh, basically, I don't know what I would say, you know, just go for the sort of higher level. Um, because even if I had done well in League One this year, I ended up in the Championship next year. So, so I ended up at Queen of the South. So. Has the level surprised you at the Championship? Is it tougher than what you first envisaged before you went out in loan? Well, I think what probably helped me was when I was at when I was at Air and when I lived in Air, I'd, I'd watched a lot. I used to go to the games and all that, so I watched a lot of that sort of level of football, whether it was League One or Championship. So I kind of. I didn't know what to expect, but I knew it. it's no, it's not something to be looked down upon. There's good players in there, um, so I think that sort of experience of being at the lower clubs, it it made it easier to transition because I'd, I'd I've been to most of the stadiums and I know what the levels like. And I know it's sometimes no pretty. No, I think that's something you, you understand, is it? I mean, I know even though it's just a level below the Premier League. But when you go to like the stadiums and you see the facilities and stuff like that, it's a bit of a difference, you know. And for players, yep. it's probably just getting used to not being at the training ground all the time when you have to go to some of these other stadiums at times. It's in tiny wee dressing rooms and, you know, you're having to get out in the pitch that's maybe not the best in the winter time and it's not being covered properly. And I think that's just like the kind of shock to the system that you need to get out of the way because, you know, once you've got that out of the way, like your ability will always show if you're a good player, you'll play good on any surface, in my opinion. Yeah. I think, oh, especially with, especially with COVID as well, if you had that in, in terms of we were, we were limited at Queen's to what, what facilities we could even use. So, you know, you went like five, six months without having a gym. You'd literally be in training, come in in your training gear, saying, go in, same training gear, just go home. Yeah, just be, you'd be in it out. An hour and a half where you don't get like you don't get as much time to work on yourself and and sort of jail with the you know in that short space of time. Yeah, I mean I'm sure that'll be interesting for a lot of supporters to hear because most guys probably think you're just back in doing like the normal training sessions, but clearly that isn't the case and you're very much shut down in a lot of ways. You know, you can only do a set amount each day. 
and because of the whole social distancing at the time and being able to have contact, it makes it really, really difficult for, for managers and coaches to really get across what they want you to do, I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. What's been the biggest challenge for you this year in terms of the opposition? Is, is any particular player that you've played against really stood out and thought this is going to be a really tough afternoon? Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, <laughs> I can think of a new before the game, Martin Boyle would be probably my toughest because you know, level above where we're playing, he's probably one of the best players in the in the Premier League. So I knew he would be probably one of my toughest challenges. I think Paul McMullen at right. Dundee. Uh, he's obviously played loads of games in the Premier League for Dundee United. And he was he was good. Um a few others that I'm getting. Dom Thomas, Edwin Thelman, also very good. Uh, and another one that was in my head. Luke McCowan, uh, yeah, also right. very good. He's probably different to the others in terms of his left foot. Done it better than what I did, but what I used to do, try to come inside and come in deep pockets and all that. Right. So I think, listen, every, every, every team in that championship has good players and Especially with COVID, like you see some strange transfers with players like dropping down a level, and so the level of competition is—I don't—I wouldn't say it's underrated, but I think it's maybe underappreciated. But you know, looking down for Premier League team, Premier League teams, how how big the level is in the championship. Had you set yourself a target in your own mind about how many games you wanted to play or how many goals you wanted to score, anything like that? But I've done some. I had a phone call with Kirky, basically just setting some rough targets. But in my head, I said I probably wanted to, before the start of the season, I'd say like 75%, 80% of the games would be a good level. Um, in terms of goals and assists, I literally I didn't really know what to expect. So I said, I said like two or three maybe goals and assists. Um, that's, that's not really something that I do every do or motivates me every season. Is like getting to a certain number or whatever. You just, you just play football and if you score a goal, then I, but I'm not one that thinks, oh, I need to score a goal a day to get to five goals in 25 games or whatever. Um, so that's probably more for Rangers in terms of having their, you know, he wants to get X amount of games. Um, but obviously, you know, it's worked out well in terms of played think, 30, 32 starts and I've had some five goals, three assists. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't have set my standard probably that high at the start of the season. So, it's good to probably exceed. Um, you yeah, think the big like it sounds like you've exceeded your expectations, which is great, you know, because if you set out with a kind of rough plan and then you do better, then that can only be a good thing. Um, all right, moving on to the kind of last bit, obviously, you've obviously returned to the Angels again, training with the first team and things like that. What's the kind of plan between now and the end of the season? Is it just the case? Keep yourself going and then see what happens in the summer. I uh, well, I, I'm not sure what my plan was, but the last couple of months I've been playing through a sort of or managing a, an injury, so I'm just I'm going to get that sorted basically before before the start of next season. So it's more a case of probably just batting in the gym and uh, try to bulk up again and uh, take that into next season rather than risk it with an injury or whatever. It could set me back a couple of months. So. I don't know what the plan is in terms of myself next season, whether it's alone or whatever that is. Um, yeah, I thought that was. 
it's interesting, obviously, when I put out a poll earlier for, like, you know, the player of the season for the academy, there was a lot of guys saying they would love to see you being challenged at the next level, which obviously in Scotland means you're playing in the top tier. When you look at maybe like Stephen Kelly, have you seen any of his like football this season for Ross County? And is that potentially like the next step for you if you were to go back out and loan again? Or would you like to look to maybe try to England or somewhere else? I'd, I'd, obviously, I'd seen a lot of Stevie when he was playing for there. And I'd seen how well he'd done. I think it's probably put me in a similar boat to himself in terms of both had really good season in the Championship. Yeah. Obviously, he went up to Ross County and it's, he's done well, but it's no they're fighting towards the bottom. Um, so I don't, I don't really have like anything in mind in terms of I wanted to a certain club or a certain league. If if an opportunity, you know, if an opportunity comes up, then I'll, you know, I have to wait up and see if it's right for me. But I'm not actually looking at saying I need to get to this level or yeah, anything. No, that's great, mate. Really appreciate you coming on and speaking to us and giving us so much information. Hopefully, it gives a lot of people an insight into you know, like being a footballer and how it isn't always like the straightest of paths that gets you to the end goal. You know, you've obviously been at a couple of clubs and then all of a sudden you've been released without being told, really. You know, the club's gone. You know, they've decided to cut the academy and then you've ended up at Rangers and look at where you are now. So I think it, yeah, again, as I always say, it's never always the easiest ways to get to the top, but you'll get there eventually and it's just having to do it in different manners. From what I've seen of you this season, Alona, I think you've played really well. You know, I've managed to catch a couple of the games when I've not been working. You know, it's just like, can I miss a consistent, I suppose you would say? It's maybe not one of those guys that's a 9 or a 10 or a 5 or a 6, but you're always a 7 or an 8. You know, you're always doing the kind of same consistent things, which I think for a full-back is important. I think yeah. you like that every week. And obviously you scored the goal against Hibs, which I know the defeat was obviously tough, but, you know, to score against a Premier League team is a big deal. You know, yeah. and I think that showed that night that you had your quality. And I saw the game against Queen's Park, um, which was great as well, playing on the pitch at Hamden. Yet again, another great experience to be on that. So hopefully it's only the beginning and we'll see what next season brings as well. So thanks very much for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. No worries, mate. Cheers, mate. Um, thanks to everybody for listening. I really appreciate you taking your time to listen out. Hopefully this is just the start of many interviews to come from some of the players at the Academy. Thanks very much. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.